Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be bought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be confirmed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamp unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Amen. Good morning. It's my privilege to stand before you with the word of God one more time. Thank you, Sibi, for reading those verses. As you might have heard by reading, today I have been asked to share from First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 19. It's a powerful passage that has really spoken to me as I prepared the message. And I pray that this passage will speak to you. So if you didn't already, turn to First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 19. And I'll be reading a few verses from NIV to repeat it. We can summarize verses 13 to 19 with the three actions or three commands. Com- commands. As we read passage again, see if you can find the three commands. The first command is in verse 13, which says, Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The second command is in verses 14 to 16. It says, as obedient children, do not, let, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Finally, the third command is in verses 17 to 19. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamp, without blemish or spot. Can you see the three commands? The first command is found in verse 13. Is live in hope. Live in hope. The second command is in verse 15. Live in holiness. And the third command is in verse 17, which is live in fear. Today, God willing, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I would like to discuss in detail these three commandments and how they apply to our daily lives. 
as you listen, I request that you allow the Holy Spirit to work with work in you as you hear this message. In 1981, one story hit uh, several news agencies. It is about Eugene Lang. Eugene Lang, the real story, was published in many newspapers across the nation. If, if you have not heard about Eugene Lang, he is a self-made millionaire who graduated from one of the schools in Harlem, New York. As you might know, the graduation rate at the Harlem schools is not very high. One day, Mr. Lang went back to his junior high school, which was called Public School 121, also called PS 121, to talk to a class of sixth graders. He thought he was going to tell this group of almost all black and Hispanic children that if they worked hard, they could graduate and then make a lot of money and be successful like he was. But when he looked at the faces of all the black and Hispanic children who lived through a tough life in Harlem, he thought they won't care about that. So instead, he made an impulsive or spur-of-the-moment decision in his mind. He told the class if they would stay in school, graduate, and attend a four-year college, he would help pay for their college. The very moment, mentality of many of the children in that classroom changed. So what happened in the children? For the first time, this poverty-stricken children had hope. Nearly 90% of that class graduated from high school. How much difference hope can make? In the first book of Peter, Peter is addressing the Christians that were spread across many nations. These were Christians who were being persecuted. They were, they were undergoing suffering and painful trials and Peter wanted to remind them about hope. Some of the persecutions that the Roman Emperor Nero put on Christians were horrific. He would roll Christians in a pitch or tar and set them on fire while they were alive. He would sew animal skins on them and having and have his hunting dogs chase them and tear them to pieces. He nailed them to crosses. The, Christ, the Christians were facing awful prosecutions. Peter needed to instill hope to these Christians. Not hope that Peter can give, but the hope that God can give. Even if Death evades them. Peter is saying that there is hope after death. Peter is saying to fix your hope on the glorious grace of God that, that has promised you, which is the revealing of Jesus Christ. You will see Jesus Christ face to face. And that is the hope. One thing Peter says is also prepare 
your minds for action be self self controlled why does peter say that if we study the gospels we get a pretty good idea on the weaknesses of peter one of his weaknesses was that he would get fearful very quickly in luke chapter 12 christ says a parable about being watchful because the son of man can come at an hour that is not expected peter in luke chapter 12 verse 41 responds lord are you telling this parable to us or to everyone in other words peter is asking if the sudden return of christ is something that i need to fear we know when peter walked on the water he became fearful and started drowning when christ was being was being persecuted peter was fearful that he would be seen as a follower of christ so he denied christ three times but in this book of peter we see a different peter he has matured and put his put away his fearfulness instead he instructs the christians to prepare their minds for action and be self controlled have you noticed that if our minds are prepared for action that we rarely fear when someone gives a presentation in front of a big audience if they if they prepare many times then they are more ready and less fearful when they give presentations so preparation is the key to confidence in the same way this new peter is not a fearful peter he is a confident peter who knows how to be prepared for action and how to stay controlled so he is asking the christians to also be prepared and self controlled and along with the preparation of mind and self control peter is telling the christians to set their hope on christ so that they don't fear death so the first command in this verses was to live in hope the second command is to live in holiness here before you i have a glass of water what do you see in the water you see ice correct now bear with me as i use this as an example of christians in the world pretend that the water is all the people of the world who are not followers of christ and that the ice are christians and then i that the ice are the christians is ice made of made from water yes but it looks different and it has different properties right if i leave this glass here for a long time what will happen to the ice it will become like water in the glass won't it it will melt into liquid water just like ice is made of water we who are christians are humans just like others in the world but when they look us we should be different we should look different we should act differently so that is what peter is commanding the christians in verses 
14 to 17. He's, he's saying, be obedient children and do not conform to this world or the evil desires of this world. Stay separate. Stay different. Be holy because the God we serve is holy. So in this example of ice cubes that I'm giving, pretend that above me there is a huge ice cube. And pretend that the ice cube is a representation of God. Petri is saying, look and act more like God and not like the world. In this glass of water, the ice looks like strangers compared to the rest of the water world. Doesn't it? It looks like it does not belong here. And Peter is saying, that is okay. We should not look like the rest of the world. We should look and act like God, even though we are in this world. We should be strangers in this world. Was Jesus Christ a stranger when he was in this world? Jesus' own words in the gospel tells us that he felt like a stranger in this world. In John chapter 8 verse 23, Jesus says, You are of this world, I am not of this world. In John chapter 10 verse 11 says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. When Jesus was praying, he mentioned that his disciples were strangers. He says in First John chapter 17, verse 14, they are not of the world anymore than I am of the world. Dear friends, if Jesus and his disciples can be strangers in this world, we can also be strangers. Why? Because we have a hope that one day we will not be strangers. One day we will be where our citizenship lies. Where is our citizenship? In heaven. With our God, our Lord, and our King of Kings. Those who study physics will say, if you want to keep this ice as ice, not let melt into water, it needs something. That something is energy. What is the energy that we as Christians need, need to have to be more like Christ? That energy is called the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that, in, uh, that is in us and works through us that help us to remain like Christ and not be like the world. Many Christians in this world believe that we can add Christ in our lives and not subtract sin. We can add Christ in our lives and not subtract sin. This is wrong. A change in belief has to be followed with a change in behavior. A revival has to be followed by reformation. So some say, oh, that means that we should isolate ourselves. Some say to be separate or to holy means isolating ourselves from the world. That is not what God commands in the Bible. God says, go ye into the world. Go ye into the world. Let me ask you a question. If these ice cubes were not in warm water, but instead they were placed in a separate glass with 
only other ice cubes and placed in the freezer placed in the freezer would they have a better chance at staying as ice cubes of course they would they would be isolated from warm water and warm environments so they would have a better chance at staying as ice cubes but the problem is if they are in separate class with the other ice cubes inside a freezer the world will never see them and therefore the world will never see god through them we as christians should not be isolated but we should be insulated by the holy spirit and the word of god the word of god and the holy spirit will insulate us from the world in ephesians we read about the armor of god what is final what is the final thing in the armor of god it says take the sword of the spirit which is what the sword of the spirit is the same thing as the word of god the holy spirit and the word of god work together to insulate us and protect us from sin but peter is saying that we each have to do something to allow the power of the holy spirit and power of the power of power and the word of god to work in us what is that we have to do he says in verse 14 first chapter first peter chapter 1 verse 14 we have to be obedient obedience is often a difficult thing isn't it john kenneth galbraith is a world famous economist who served many presidents including roosevelt kennedy and johnson john kenneth galbraith wrote in his autobiography about the obedience of his housekeeper emily wilson one one time he was so tired and decided to take a nap he told his housekeeper to hold all telephone calls while he rested a little later president johnson rang the house phone the housekeeper picked up and the president said get me ken galbraith this is president johnson the, so the housekeeper said sorry he is sleeping and he said not to disturb him so president johnson said well wake him up i want to talk to him the housekeeper said no mr president i work for him not for you and hung up the phone now that is obedience bold enough to say not to the president of the united states dear believers how bold are we when we are tempted to do something that god tells us to not to do when we are tempted to do something that god tells us not to do how quickly do we say to others no i serve the lord jesus christ and i don't serve you and the lord has told me not to do this therefore i will not do it obedience is not easy but it is what christ requires of us peter in this book was writing to christians who were who were scared who were scared they probably were tempted to look and act like the people of the world why 
because if they looked and acted like the world there was less chance of persecution but Peter is asking them to boldly not to conform to the evil desires Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says that and not do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God Romans chapter 12 verse 2 Many Christians think wrongly about being holy Some Christians think that God is asking us to be holy for our sake that it is for our sake we should be holy but this that's a wrong thought we are asked to be holy for god's sake because we are identified as his children so it is not much about how holy what holiness does for us although there is a lot of good that we can get from holiness it is more so for by being holy we are glorifying god now let us go to the third command the third command is to live in fear live in fear if you look at the verse 17 it says since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially conduct yourselves with fear peter is saying that we should live with fear of god why should we do that because there is someone who is judging each of your works that you do in this world when we read verse 17 i find peter's word selection very interesting usually you read in the bible about god judging and you very rarely read about a father judging but in this word it does not say does not say a god who judges each man's work impartially he says a father who judges each man's work impartially what is the difference what is, why does he use the word father father is a person who represents kindness and compassion so peter is saying that we have a judge who is also our father god extends to, as our father god extends to us grace as our father god extends to us mercy as our father god wipes away our tears as our father god is faithful but also as our father make no mistake he will judge us for each of our works fear is a healthy respect of a believer for the all powerful god because god is the judge of all the of all, of, of all the earth we do not ignore him or treat him casually we should not assume our privileged status as god's children gives us freedom to do whatever we want we should not spoil we should not be a spoiled children but grateful children who love to show respect for our heavenly father let me continue towards 18 and 19 if we read verses 18 and 19 we read that we were not redeemed or ransomed with the silver or gold but by the 
precious blood of Christ. Back in those days, silver and gold were used as currency. They do not have paper dollar bills in those days. And they definitely do not have a cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. They value gold and silver. They value gold and silver because it was their currency of living. I usually share stories about my children in the messages. And if they are listening, they don't usually mind. Today, since they are both in college, I feel more free to share a story about them. When, when Joel was, uh, kindergarten, is, was in kindergarten, he started learning about money and the value of a quarter versus dimes versus nickels versus dollar bills. And Jonathan did not know much about money at all as he was one year younger than Joel. So one day Joel came home from kindergarten school and took out his little wallet that his uh, grandfather, who was my dad, had bought him. My dad also had bought Jonathan a wallet. So Joel took look inside Jonathan's wallet and sees a dollar bill. Then he looks inside his own wallet and he has a few shiny quarters and a few dollar bills. So Joel takes, takes out two of his quarters and shows them to Jonathan and says, I will give you two of these bright, shiny coins for one of your crinky, ugly paper bills. <laughs> Jonathan sees the shiny coins and believes it is to be a great exchange and makes the exchange for his dollar bill for two Joel's quarters. Only later, Jonathan understands his mistake. I say this because Silver and gold were precious elements of the earth that had a lot of value to all the people back in those days. But Peter is telling the Christians that those coins are not the most precious. That something more precious was the blood of Jesus Christ. Peter is saying that your redemption was very costly. The redemption that Christ offered by dying on the cross for removing and washing away your sins and my sins were more costly than even the most precious things of this world. Peter is saying that we may not be valuable to the world, but we are very valuable to God. Why? Because you were redeemed. You were redeemed by the blood of his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In this world, You may be rejected, you may be hated, you may be despised, you may be persecuted, and or you may be even martyred. But one thing is for sure, you are precious to God because God has purchased you or ransomed you at an infinite cost, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, Brother Mike Ganey spoke from the few verses of uh, chapter 1. He talked about something else that is imperishable. In chapter 1, verse 4, we read that those of, those of us who believe in the redemption of the blood of Christ are given a new birth into an inheritance that can never perish or fade, and it is protected, kept in heaven for you. Peter is saying that 
You are different than your forefathers. You have the hope and promise of an imperishable inheritance. An inheritance that is eternal. The inheritance of being with God forever and ever. So not only were you purchased with the precious blood of Lord Jesus Christ. An imperishable gift. The blood of Christ. You have an imperishable inheritance waiting for you in heaven. Peter is saying, you are chosen, you are protected, and you will for be sure brought into the glory of Christ the King. What a promise. What a great place to look forward to. Live in hope. Let us live in holiness. And let us live in fear. May we conclude in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for being able to study from your word, Father. When we look at the look at Peter, we see the transformation that you did in his life. Father, we ask that you help to transform each of us to become more and more like you. God, help us to remember to live in hope, to live in holiness, and to live in fear. Father, we thank you that you are a judge and that you are also a father. We thank you for your faithfulness, kindness, and grace to us as you guide us to eternal inheritance in heaven. Please be with us as we return to our respective places and be with us as this week as we serve you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.